0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Saturday. We're into the weekend. Kind of a busy week last week. Yesterday was a little crazy, too. A lot of stuff happened. Of course, you probably heard that the U.S. government shot down another high-elevation object. It wasn't as big as the Chinese balloon. We still don't know what it was, but it was shot down in... Alaska, near the Canadian border, it landed on water, which is now frozen, of course. We'll talk more about that in a bit. And the thing about it is, that wasn't even the biggest story yesterday. There were other things to talk about, and uh, I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Starting things out, we have a couple of emails. This one comes from um, an emailer from yesterday. This is a response to his email and my question yesterday. The name of the uh, author of the email is Dark Sire, and uh, if you remember, I was wondering how, how, do you, how do you get a name like that, which seems silly for a guy who has a podcast named rational boomer but i'm I'm just curious it, it was just interesting, so he writes today and says, "Hello, Mike, you don't have to read this out loud to everybody unless you want to well, of course, I want to. Somebody writes me an email. It's part of the show. Here's a quick backstory on my name. I've been tinkering with computers since the early 90s, back before Windows was even out and everything was through DOS. I'm a very competitive person and computer games were challenging and new, so they were a blast and I played them. I joined a group of players called the Legions of Loth (laughs) that were... A Dungeon and Dragons type theme. Everyone in that groom had group had to have the word dark in their title. My name at the time was Sir James. I dropped the James, added an E to the Sir, and became Dark Sire, and a legend was born. In my mind at least. As you see, I even have a Dark Sire email address. When computers were new, you really didn't want to put your name out there, so I never did, and everything was signed with Dark Sire. Now you know everything I do. You have a great day and keep fighting the good fight, Dark Sire. Thank you for the back background on that. So now we do know. So Dark Sire, what you're basically saying is uh, Since the 90s, you've been kind of a computer geek, a nerd, if you will. Now, you might think I'm disparaging you or insulting you here, but uh, all these years later in 2023, all those nerds and all those geeks are the richest people in the world and pretty much own fucking everything. So I give you respect. Yes, back in the 90s, computers were different. Everybody had some kind of weird handle. It was all new to everybody. And uh, the fact that you had to adjust it, I get it. It makes sense. The kind of games you were playing, you had to kind of be in the mix there, and you were. All right. The next one comes from Roy. We haven't heard from Roy in a while, but every time Roy writes, he seems a little frustrated. And I get that. And in this one, He's just as frustrated. He says, you always hear when companies merge or bought out, the statements, no changes. Everything will remain the same until it isn't. That being said, why are the following people from the Trump administration still around? Louis Dipshit DeJoy, personally destroying the Postal Service. Christopher Wray, still head of the FBI. John Durham, still with the DOJ. Maybe, just maybe, they bring back Jeffrey Clark to replace Merrick Garland. (laughs) Good one. I'm baffled. So unbaffle me. Roy. Well, Roy, I don't know that I can unbaffle you because I'm equally as baffled. I know Louis DeJoy, head of the Postal Service, is in a position where Joe Biden can't just fire him. There's a commission or a committee that does the firing. And, of course, there were some Trump idiots on that committee, and they weren't going to fire him. But then I understood Joe Biden to replace some of those commissioners or committeemen, and uh, then they were going to fire him. But here we are two years later, and this dipshit, who is basically trying to sabotage our postal service, one of the few things that fucking actually work in American government, and he's still there. Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray has a few problems. Even Donald Trump doesn't like this guy, in spite of the fact that he he appointed him. I, you know, I don't know. It seems like Christopher Ray does fuck up a lot. Uh, he's called in question quite a lot. I don't know. You would think that Joe Biden would want to put his own person in that spot, but has yet to do that. Now, now something to consider about about the FBI, there is kind of an unwritten rule with the FBI that everybody uh, who is the director of the FBI, they essentially get a 10-year term. That That's not written in stone. That's not a law. That's not a policy or a norm. But that's kind of the way it's been. But given that he is tied to Donald Trump, I would think that would be enough of a motivation to get him the fuck out of there. I don't know that he's as dangerous as Louis DeJoy, but uh, why not get somebody better in there? And then the last one is interesting, John Durham. He still works with the DOJ. Now we know about John Durham. John Durham is the guy that colluded with um, William Barr, the AG at the time, to do an investigation of the investigation. We're hearing the story now how they were looking into the uh, Mueller investigation, trying to find some dirt on it. And after years of going after that and listening to all the Trump folks say, just you wait, he's going to come out and Donald Trump will be back in office. Well, he found nothing. And then he found more than nothing. He found some criminal behavior by Donald Trump and they investigated it. Presumably so they could hold it over Donald Trump's head if they ever had to, but they didn't bring it to light. They didn't indict anybody. They just kind of put it in their pocket, and I'm sure that's what they did. Beyond that, they pretty much tried to cover it up. So the question is good, Roy. Why is John Durham still there? I would hope now that these things have come to light, somebody, Merrick Garland, fucking anybody, would get this clown out of there. He is an absolute joke. He is corrupt. He is a criminal. And it's been proven. So at least fire the fucker and then talk about indicting him. Now... Roy went on to say, maybe, just maybe, they'll bring back Jeffrey Clark to replace Merrick Garland. <laughs> now you're being a little sarcastic, Roy, and I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a sarcastic motherfucker myself. Uh, Jeffrey Clark, of course, was the man who wanted to send out letters to the swing states saying, stop your voting because there was some fraud. Donald Trump was were going to replace Rosen, as uh, who was the AG, with Jeffrey Clark, which would have been a joke, which would have been another strategy and attempt to overturn an election and overthrow this, this uh, government. Now, Jeffrey Clark, the things he did were quite illegal, and I think there's an excellent chance he, well, he'll definitely be going on trial, but there's an excellent chance that that motherfucker may be going to jail. It's, it is it is amazing to me, Roy. I don't understand why these people have not been changed out. Uh, I'm equally as baffled. And uh, with all the stuff going on, that stuff kind of slips to the side. That was the case with Donald Trump, and now it is with Joe Biden with all the Republican activity. It seems like everything... We see that uh, we should call into question or bitch about is at the top of the roster until the next day when some other crazy shit happens like a Chinese balloon or another investigation or another search or more documents being found. It's impossible to focus on anything because a new shiny object shows up the next fucking day. I can't unbaffle you, Roy. I'm equally as baffled, and um, we can complain about it, but there's so many other things that are bigger and worse, I don't know that it'll ever get any kind of notice. I can only hope that Joe Biden and the Biden administration do the right thing and flush these motherfuckers out, because they are worthless and they are tied to a very corrupt administration. All right, I talked about this a little bit at the top of the podcast. The White House confirmed Friday that a second high-altitude object has been shot down over U.S. airspace. National Security Council Coordinator John Kirby made the announcement at the White House press briefing saying the Department of Defense was tracking the object Uh, At about 40,000 feet above Alaska for the past 24 hours, it posed reasonable threat to safety of civilian fight, the flight. Now, here's what you got to understand. The Chinese balloon flew across the country. They didn't shoot it down. They were afraid it might impact something on the ground or hurt somebody on the ground. Uh, This thing was huge. This was the size of, like, three buses. Uh, this particular, and, and it was flying at 65,000 feet, so commercial airlines wouldn't really come close to it. You know, commercial airlines around 30,000, 35,000 feet. This was at 65,000 feet. A commercial airliner would never come close to it. The smaller one, though, which wasn't as big as three buses, it was big as a a car, basically, so it was much smaller. Um, It was flying at 40,000 feet, so that did pose some potential risk to commercial airliners, and that was the reason uh, that uh, they shut it down. Now, of course, some Republicans are trying to say, well, they got burned so bad on the first one, they just shot this one down quickly. See, we taught them a lesson, and that wasn't quite real. They shot this thing down up in Alaska where there wasn't many people near the Canadian border, and there was water there that's frozen now. They shot this thing down. It's the size of a small car. It landed on the water. They're collecting up all the information, and they'll probably have some uh, details about what it was um on friday or so they're saying they're they're, they're saying that it was definitely not a um, not similar to the chinese balloon uh, not to say it wasn't chinese we don't know and hopefully on friday we'll find that out so Kirby said out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object, saying a fighter aircraft carried out the task Friday afternoon and that the object fell to the ice. The Pentagon is expected to provide more details, as I said, on Friday afternoon. Kirby said the U.S. does not know who owns the object nor what its purpose was, but officials hope to recover the debris and investigate its contents as i say it was much much smaller the chinese balloon was roughly 200 feet tall this was more the size of a car now the, the the news of the object comes a day after president joe biden's administration said that china's military is likely behind a fleet of spy balloons targeting more than 40 countries The high-tech balloons are capable of collecting communication signals and other sensitive information. Chinese authorities, of course, deny the unmanned balloon shot down last week was a spy tool and said it was merely a civilian meteorological airship that had blown off course. Whoopsie! (laughs) Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. But one of the other reasons they allowed this thing to float across the... uh, the country over and above the safety, I mean, if you've got a balloon two hundred feet tall, uh, this thing comes down. they were talking about a debris field of seven miles that could affect a lot of people. That's why they waited till it got out to the ocean off south carolina but But the thing about it is is in the process, while it was flying across the nation, it wasn't continually collecting and transmitting. United States government secrets. They somehow figured a way to jam any communications to and from it. And they were able to gather some information about the balloon while it was in flight. Of course, they shot it down. They're collecting the debris from the South Carolina coast. And presumably, they will find out more about this and uh, what it was all about. All right you know just when you think marjorie taylor green can't look un more unhinged you remember during the uh, state of the union she's screaming liar liar when donald or when uh, joe biden was talking about donald trump's people wanting to cancel social security and medicare well at least sunset it and i, I know you've heard that before and i'm sure most of you know what that means but basically what What Rick Scott was saying in his pamphlet um, that said he wanted to sunset um, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid was that, you know, they'd vote on it in Congress. It would go five years. Then after that five years, Congress would have to come back together and vote on it again, which means anybody collecting Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid or anything like that. Every five years, they'd be on the hook again, and it would be kind of a uh, similar to what we're going through with raising the debt limit. <clears throat> you get a faction of people who want to shut it down, so they hold hold it hostage, try to use it for leverage to get other things. And, you know, frankly, Social Security has been around a long time, and a lot of people depend on it, not just Democrats, but Republicans as well. And to put people on the hook every five years is ridiculous, not to mention pretty fucking cruel. And we should expect better out of our government officials. Anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I went off track there. Her being unhinged. Well, apparently she made a bit of a spectacle of herself yet again. At a gathering of House lawmakers, this time at a classified briefing on that Chinese spy balloon. Green gleefully boasted, I tore them to pieces when asked about her behavior at the briefing. She was proud of it, but it sounds like it was more embarrassing and that's the troubling thing. Some of these people are so dumb, they do stupid stuff. They do embarrassing things, and they're not even capable of realizing it. They thought they won. One identified lawmaker at the meeting described her behavior as irrational, according to the outlet, The, uh, the Hill. <laughs> irrational? Man, who would ever think that Marjorie Taylor Greene could be irrational? When she got to ask questions, she was yelling out, saying, Bullshit, and you know I don't believe you. Just screaming and yelling. Irrational in my estimation, the lawmaker recounted. Now, Green reportedly complained that she had to wait her turn to speak and then unleashed on military officials presenting at the briefing. I had to wait in line the whole time. I was, I think, the second to last person, and I chewed them out just like the American people would have. (laughs) <laughs> green said she was incensed the balloon wasn't blown out of the sky earlier it floated over the u.s for four days before it was shot down last saturday off the atlantic coast green had rallied or railed last week that former president donald trump never would have allowed that balloon to even cross the u.s border yet the defense department later revealed that three suspected chinese surveillance balloons had transited transited Why can't I say that word? Three, I'm going to just make up my own word, a different word. uh, Because sometimes, you know, there's some words you just can't say. At least that happens to me. Three suspected Chinese surveillance balloons had crossed the country while Trump was president. Um. And, you know, I did a TikTok about this, and I find it really interesting. When the Republicans were complaining about this Chinese balloon, uh, besmirching Joe Biden for not acting quickly, saying that he was complicit with the Chinese and Donald Trump would have done something better. And then the news comes out that there were three such balloons that crossed across the country, uh during the Donald Trump administration. <laughs> and their comeback again, this this proves how stupid these people are. Their comeback was, yeah, well we didn't even know about those balloons until the Joe Biden administration. Did they think they were doing something there? Really? <laughs> Not quite a flex. What that really tells us is that the Trump administration was inept, incompetent, and uh, maybe complicit with China. The fact that the Trump administration didn't even know it flew over the country, those three balloons flew over the country, is suspect in its own right. That's certainly not a fucking flex. Now, This outburst in this meeting came two days after she called President Joe Biden a liar. And apparently she's very proud of this behavior. I I don't know how she was brought up, but clearly she was probably brought up by wolves or primates or something because nobody behaves like that once they become an adult, at least a an adult with a serious job. And, you know, that's that's really what I have to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's not a serious human being. She's not a serious representative in the House of Representatives. And for the life of me, I don't know how her district reelected her. After all she's done and all she's said, they still lined up and voted her in. And that is embarrassing for that district. I've told you I love Georgia. I love Savannah, Georgia. Thankfully, that is not Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. In fact, the area where Savannah is is probably more blue. But my God, how does this woman get to keep her job? Any more than Lauren Boebert, Paul Gosar, or any of these fucks get to keep their jobs. How is that even possible? So Marjorie Taylor Greene going off the deep end. As she does. And I think we've only seen the beginning. Can you imagine what's going to happen to her if she actually gets indicted for the insurrection? And I'd love to see somebody question her about that bombing thing. I know that's the conspiracy theory. They're trying to match up the walks and the hand movement of... uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, as they see her in the halls of Congress, and then they match it up to the video that showed the bomber who left the bombs that didn't go off in Washington on January 6, 2021. I don't know if that's true. uh, But given her her temperament and her inability to control her emotions, it's not out of the realm of possibility that she could have planted those bombs. She's... uh, She's a uh, unhinged human being. She's not a serious human being. And the fact that anybody takes her seriously is sad, not only for the country, but for the people who are actually hoodwinked or fooled or stupid enough to side with her. All right. Well, we had another search, this time of Mike Pence's Indiana home. Searched by the FBI, according to Pence spokesman Devin O'Malley. And they found some more classified documents. They found one document, actually, six additional pages without such markings that were not discovered in the initial review by the vice president's counsel were also removed, O'Malley said. Pence is is currently on the West Coast with his family after the birth of two grandchildren, according to his spokesman. The FBI is also expected to search Pence's office in Washington, D.C. in the coming days. The search comes after the FBI and the Justice Department's National Security Division launched a review of the documents and how they ended up in Pence's house. It's not clear what the documents are related to or the level of sensitivity of the classification. So it's very similar to Joe Biden's situation. This was um, more out of recklessness and not necessarily by Biden or Pence, by his, by their staff. For whatever reason, these documents were left in place in their office or their homes, which is troubling in its own right when you think about it. I mean, you can complain about Biden and Pence, even though I'm sure they didn't even know these things were there. But you really have to question, are procedures when it comes to classified documents? How come they're showing up in Pence's office, in Biden's office? And, of course, we know what happened with, with, um, with uh, uh, Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago. He literally took them out by the box, maybe 40 boxes from the White House, brought them to Mar-a-Lago, literally stole them, looked through them himself, as was stated by Trump people, He was asked to give them back. He gave some back. And then when they said, you got some more, we need those two. And he said, no, I don't. (laughs) His lawyers wrote an affidavit and uh, testified to the fact that there were no more top secret documents. Still, there was a search warrant issued. Now, see, the big difference between the searches with Pence and Biden and the search on Donald Trump. Here's the main difference. When the FBI asked Biden and Pence, we need to search your residence, can we do that? Both said, of course, please do it. Let's get this squared away. Donald Trump, on the other hand, did not respond to the request to search his home. He was then sent a subpoena, which he ignored for 90 days, and after 90 days, the The uh, DOJ and the FBI got tired of that bullshit and just went in and searched the place with a warrant. And then, of course, Donald Trump said, all they had to do was call. Well, they'd been calling you for a year, motherfucker. If you were going to be above board about this, you would have responded, but you didn't. So they were forced to use a search warrant. Now, a question has always been, Did they get all of what he had? Even though they went in and did the search, you know, he has other properties, he has other places this stuff could be. Did they get all of it? And of course, Donald Trump and the Trump administration said, well, of course they got all of it. They didn't. (laughs) It ain't over yet with Donald Trump and classified documents. You see, Donald Trump's Attempt to further distance himself from classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago property just got even harder. This comes from ABC News that Trump's legal team submitted a folder categorized with classified material over to the Department of Justice last month. They're getting scared now. In spite of the fact that they had a search warrant and went through the House, somehow Trump's legal team found more. This isn't an old story. This is just yesterday. Unnamed sources did not specify the type of classification or the folder's contents. However, the classified material was found on property at a separate location than the storage unit where the initial classified materials were found. Now, it was also learned that an aide to Trump had their laptop submitted to federal representatives. That's particularly troubling. The Trump attorneys discovered the documents with the classified markings in December while searching through boxes at the former president's Mar-a-Lago residence. The lawyers subsequently handed them over to the Justice Department. And I'm sure the FBI had the foot on the necks of these staff members. They were kind of complicit with the lying about classified documents no longer being at mar lago You had a couple of attorneys draft and sign an affidavit to that effect. Now, those fuckers could go to jail just for that. So I'm sure the FBI said, listen, man, if there's any more, you're going to fucking jail. You better look. You better find them. Now, um, a Trump aide had previously copied those same documents onto a thumb drive and a laptop, not realizing they were classified, which I find hard to imagine because usually there's a big sign on the fucking documents that say classified. The laptop, which belonged to an aide who works for Save America PAC, and the thumb drive were also given to investigators in January. Ryan Goodman, a professor at the New York University School of Law, says this new report was a big deal. It's just going to add to the problems Donald Trump already has with these uh, classified documents. And as I said, the fact that they were on the computer, it adds another problem. It potentially means dissemination of the classified docs to third parties, not just retention. It's multiple classified docs. Trump aide at uh, PAC on an unsecure laptop. Goodman tweeted. So what he what he's saying basically is is it's one thing to have them stacked up in boxes. I mean, if Donald Trump decided to make photocopies and hand them out to Vladimir Putin, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, and Kim Jong Un, that might be harder to figure out. But if you've got them on a computer, how hard is it to make an attachment to an email to anybody in the fucking world? It's not. So that offers a new problem for Donald Trump. You thought the classified document situation was over? Oh, not, not even close. It's going to be interesting to see what they find with this laptop. Because if there were things sent, you'll be able to see that on the laptop. Now, you can delete things and all that sort of things, but I guarantee you the FBI can retain anything that was on there and has been deleted. So this may be very problematic for um, Donald Trump and this aide, for that matter. It's his laptop. With these documents on the laptop, that is very troublesome. Now, in response to this news story, Trump's spokesperson said the investigation is nothing more than a targeted, politically motivated witch hunt against President Trump concocted to try to prevent the American people from returning him to the White House. I love how they say that. Oh, it's just a witch hunt. They're just trying to get back at Donald Trump. Well, let me understand this. We know he did take the classified documents. We know he brought them to Marilago, put them in an unsecure location. We know he gave some back but lied about having even more. They had to issue a search warrant because he ignored a subpoena. And then now after the search warrant, we're finding out he has yet more classified documents. That doesn't sound like a witch hunt to me. I mean, they went looking for classified documents, and they found what? Classified documents. That's exactly the opposite of a fucking witch hunt. But that's oh-so-Donald Trump and his administration just trying to gaslight motherfuckers. But you know what? It's not working too well anymore. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we've been hearing about the ongoing saga of the lies from George Santos. Everything from his ethnicity, his sexual orientation, his family members, his work record, his school record. Everything's been a fucking lie. And you think, God, that's never happened in the House of Representatives before. Somebody who lies like this, so blatant, so egregious. I mean, what are the odds of that ever happening again? Well, it turns out there might be yet another Republican House member who has some issues with telling the truth on their resume. Another newly elected Republican House member has had doubt cast on her backstory after a deeply reported Washington Post profile found several discrepancies. This is Representative Anna Paulina Luna, a Republican of Florida. Oh, big surprise, Florida. It has described herself as a Hispanic conservative who grew up poor, survived a home invasion, and lost her grandmother to HIV-AIDS due to heroin use. But those details have come as a surprise to family members and friends who knew her before she entered politics about five years ago. (sighs) What is it with these people? Oh, I came from a poor broken home and I pulled myself up by the bootstraps and here I am all successful and shit. They think that's a game that's going to get them elected. Well, she did get elected, so apparently did have some effect. Her aunt, Jolanta Mayerhofer said she had everything, what she needed and more. And not only did her mother Monica provide for her, but her father in law did too. Now Luna grew up in Los Angeles, joined the US Air Force in two thousand nineteen at or two thousand nine at nineteen, the Post reported. Um Washington Post reported friends who knew her then when she used her given last name of Mayerhofer said she described herself variously as a Middle Eastern, Jewish, or Eastern European and supported then-President Barack Obama. The Post initially reported that she had been registered Democrat as recently as August 2017, But they later retracted that claim and issued a correction, blaming an erroneous voter registration database. Oh, my God, was that election fraud? Now, she would really change who she was based on whatever it took to fit the situation best at the time. This is coming from her former roommate, Brittany Brooks, who lived with Luna for six months and was a close friend during her military service. Luna graduated from the University of West Florida in 2017 with a degree in biology following a six-year stint in the Air Force where she met her husband, Andrew Gambersky. After leaving the military, she worked as a model, a cocktail waitress at a gentleman's club, and an Instagram influencer. Well, she has all. All the things necessary to be a representative in the House of Representatives, at least for Republicans. Fucking Barbie doll Instagram influencer and working at a strip joint. Yeah, that's that's everything you need to become a rep. She was ushered into politics by Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk, that radical right media guy who's a dipshit. After making online statements about human trafficking and Second Amendment and she was named that conservative group's director of Hispanic engagement, she ran unsuccessfully for Congress against Representative Charlie Crist in 2020, but she won in 2022. She's a brand new um, representative. You see what the Republicans are doing here? They feel like they have to get women on board to somehow diversify the Republican Party. You might want to get some more people of color as well, but they want to get more women. But it's not just any kind of women. They get women who are reasonably attractive and uh, reasonably inexperienced because they can do Exactly, what Republicans do. They can pretty much control and mold them to do what they want to do. I mean, what they're doing with people like this uh, Luna woman or Lauren Boebert or even Marjorie Taylor Greene, these three are probably a lot like Donald Trump. Willful idiots. They bring them in thinking, well, this is a cute girl. Let's bring her in, and she's got kind of a crazy side, and she's kind of radical right. She's been radicalized, so let's make her a representative. That tells you how much respect Republicans have for representatives in the House of Representatives. They're basically saying any fucking clown can be a rep. And to be perfectly honest, based on what I've seen, I have to agree with them. We got a lot of clowns in the House of Representatives, and they're not all women. They're not all white, for that matter. But when you see something like this, and you've got two people in one Congress that are lying about their backgrounds and talking shit uh, that nobody would ever believe, and they're just blatant about this shit, it's hard to imagine. You know, they have, what, 222 representatives and two of them are frauds, are liars, are corrupt, are just willful idiots that are being guided by the Republican Party. That's what the Republican Party thinks about the House of Representatives. They have no respect for it. It's just something that they can try to manipulate and try to put Anybody in a fucking position. I mean, you think about who's in these positions, many of these positions. You got Matt Gates, a sex trafficker. You got Lauren Boebert, an absolute imbecile from Colorado. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a crazy conspiracy theorist. We've got Paul Gosar. We've got Louie Gohmert. We got Tommy Tuberville. They're all fucking insurrectionists. These are all crazy fucks. I mean, you could pick any of the 20 or 25 mega fucks and say, these people don't belong in Congress. I mean, there was a time when you looked at people in Congress with respect. You looked up to them. They held a higher perch than most of us. So you assume they know something or they're better at something. But somebody like this Luna or Lauren Boebert, She's the kind of person we would meet at a party and talk for 10 minutes and go, fuck, I got to get away from this stupid bitch. Or if it was a guy like uh, Louis Gohmert or Paul Gosar, we'd say the same thing. There's no way real human beings could stand and listen to their shit. They would walk away from it. But somehow, with the money of the Republican Party, the support of the Republican representatives, And a less than intelligent district, these fucks get elected. So Charlie Kirk, this half-ass media guy, brings her to the attention to the Republican Party. And they say, oh, she looks good. Yeah, let's put her up there. They didn't fucking vet her at all. And it's because, as I said, they have no respect for the House of Representatives, or the whole process of democracy. It's not about doing the right thing or being truthful or honest. It's about getting power and getting your way. That in itself should disqualify most Republicans from even being in Congress. Now, of course, when this came out in the Washington Post, Anna Paulina Luna didn't go hide and go into seclusion any more than George Santos did. She responded to a Washington Post article that questioned the claims made about her life story, calling its undertones incredibly racist. Oh, there you go, Luna. They say something you don't like, they expose things you don't want exposed, and you call them racist. What are you this week, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, Jewish? What what, what the fuck are you this week? As investigative pieces go, the post piece was really not as big an expose as it was with George Santos. She's not quite as bad as George Santos. But when you lie about the things she lies about, shouldn't that disqualify her from being a representative? The report noted Luna changed her last name and it called into question claims about her family's financial situation growing up. Luna said that she grew up in a broken home mentality and lived in multiple low-income neighborhoods. But the Post stated some members of her family recalled, recalled her being well cared for. You see, she's looking for that sympathy. Oh, I'm just a poor girl who pulled myself up by my bootstraps. No, you didn't. You were a spoiled little bitch. You got what you wanted. You happened to be kind of attractive, so the Republicans bought into it. Luna also stated on the campaign trail and in an interview with Jewish Insider in November that while she identifies as a Christian, she was raised as a Messianic Jew by her father. Messianic Jews identify as Jewish and say they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I'm also a small fraction of Ashkenazi, she added, referring to the Jews whose ancestors lived in Central or Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, when they talked to three members of Luna's extended family, they said that her father was Catholic and that they were not aware of him practicing any form of Judaism while Luna was growing up. And it's interesting when you compare this to what George Santos said. I think he's Catholic, too. And he said he was Jewish. And he said, well, I meant I'm Jewish, because somebody back in his history happened to be Jewish, which was proven not to be true as well. So, um, (laughs) that's pretty impressive for the Republicans, isn't it? You've got two absolute frauds in your midst, and what are they doing about it? Absolutely fucking nothing. As long as they can get their votes in their slim majority, they're going to hold on to them like their favorite fucking toy. And all along the way, we suffer for it because we have incompetent, inept, fucking fraudulent fools representing certain districts in this country. Now, as much as they searched Mike Pence's home for more documents, and they did find one document, We, of course, heard about this subpoena that came down on Mike Pence. At first, a lot of people thought it was a subpoena regarding the classified documents, but it was not. It was a subpoena from Jack Smith and the DOJ regarding the January 6th insurrection. And it's interesting with Mike Pence. He should be the first one subpoenaed and interviewed. He's the one that was talking to Donald Trump about the very idea of trying to not certify the election. He was the one talking to Donald Trump all the way. He was the one that had these redneck dipshits sicked on him, and they wanted to kill him. You would think he has a story to tell. You would think that he knew some things. And if he knows some things, and it was an attempted coup on this country, he might want to be talked to. Well, of course, he got the subpoena from the January 6th committee. And he blew it off because we found out Congress has no teeth when it comes to subpoenas. You don't have to fucking show up. And um, Jim Jordan's fucking around and finding out the same thing. He wants to subpoena all these people, but nobody's going to show up from the DOJ because they don't have to. And he's just aghast by that in spite of the fact that when he was subpoenaed, he said, yeah, I'm not coming. Anyway, once they heard about Mike's subpoena, a lot of people are saying now there's no way that Donald Trump isn't going to be indicted. They wouldn't be calling Mike Pence in if there wasn't an imminent indictment. And I still believe there is an indictment, but we better get to getting. We better get on this motherfucker and get it indicted and get it in the process. Otherwise, we will fuck ourselves again. Uh, Donald Trump has spent a fair amount of his adult life in a courtroom somehow. He has been able to avoid truly facing consequences. And those days might be coming to an end because Mike Pence might be the guy that puts him away. And you know, when you think about it, Mike Pence was subpoenaed by Jack Smith. Now, that would suggest that he was asked to come testify, and he said, no, I'm not going to do it, much like he did with January 6th committee. That could be one thing. But the other thing might be is that He's looking at his polling where he's getting about 2% for running for president and seeing that he's really got no way ahead. That is unless Donald Trump is out of the picture. He might have said to the FBI, listen, I'm going to testify. Because remember, Mike Pence's people in the FBI and the DOJ were in negotiations to get this testifying from Mike Pence. They were talking about it. Pence was open to the idea as long as they could negotiate it out. One other option to consider is that Mike Pence said, yeah, I'll testify, and why not? Take Donald Trump down, take him out of the mix, and give him a better chance to run for president. He still won't win. He doesn't have a fucking prayer. But these Republicans are pretty delusional, so who knows what the fuck he thinks. So what he does then, and again, this is pure speculation, but... Not out of the realm of possibility when you're talking about our politicians. I will testify. I will take Donald Trump down. But I don't want to look bad to MAGA. So you have to subpoena me. That way it looks like you brought me in kicking and screaming. Even though I'm not. It sounds kind of shady, right? But that's how they fucking do things in Washington, D.C. Everything is fucking shady. Now, the question is, is what is he going to do now? He's been subpoenaed. Is he going to try to fight the subpoena? There's no way he's going to win. He's going to have to testify at some point. Or does he try to sell this whole thing, I don't want to speak badly of Donald Trump, and then take it to court in a lawsuit? He'll lose. Then he'll appeal it. Then he'll lose again. Then he'll appeal it again. And finally, he will acquiesce and testify. And when he does testify, that spells a lot of trouble for Mr. Donald Trump. He is fucked. Because I, I, you know, it often said that Mark Meadows was the closest one to him with regards to the January 6th insurrection. And theoretically, that's true. But Mike Pence was at least equally as close because he was part of the whole mess. He was one of the objectives in the whole insurrection thing. Donald Trump wanted him to not certify the election. Trump told him he had the power to do that. Mike Pence said no I don't and ultimately he didn't which was the smart move. Had he done that he would have definitely been looking at jail time. Now since Pence has outlined some of his conversations with Trump in his new book the argument could be made that Trump's constant claims of executive privilege could be invalidated. Seizing on the point, uh, Paula Reed was telling me that uh, Jim Sciutto on CNN, or are- yeah, on CNN, Paula Paula Reed was telling me that Trump's camp's view of this is yeah, maybe moving along and getting closer to the end here. Their expectation is there's going to be a press conference at some point saying that Trump behaved badly, but there's no evidence to indict. He then asked Bass, Is that the view you hear from the Trump camp as well? And um Dana Bash responded by saying, that's wishful thinking from the Trump camp. No question about it, because it's so unprecedented that their hopes is that he will fall on, frankly, some good luck like he has in so many of these horrible situations that he's put himself in. Yeah, I'd have to agree with her. It's one thing to get away from things when nobody knows really all the evidence other than the DOJ or any given court. The problem Donald Trump has here is that he tried to overthrow the country. There is no more egregious fucking crime in this country than a president trying to pull that shit off. So the idea that he doesn't get indicted is just crazy. And as I've said before... If the, Trump, uh, the Biden administration doesn't get some indictments out there soon, including Donald Trump, this is going to fucking kill them in 2024. And trust, they know this. They know this. This has to get done. As much as we hate Merrick Garland for delaying and delaying and delaying, he's either going to be made to do the indictments. Or he's going to be fucking replaced. And he should be replaced if he can't do the fucking job he was hired for. All right. Let's talk about the Senate a little bit. This is kind of interesting. We know there's a feud between Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Florida Senator Rick Scott. That's not exactly new. But it got a little hotter this week as President Joe Biden amplified his use of... Of Scott as a campaign style foil. The very idea the senator from Florida wants to put Social Security and Medicare on the chopping block every five years, I find to be somewhat outrageous, so outrageous that you might not even believe it, Biden said. And you know where he said that? Tampa, Florida. He went right in Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis's backyard and called them out for what they are. The idea of trying to cancel or or sunset medicare social security and medicaid this is particularly interesting that he went to florida not only doing it in his backyard but you have to understand there's a lot of retired people in florida now they may not know what rick scott was doing because they're ill-informed but now they do know And can you imagine what some old people who are struggling every day just to survive on their Social Security and they find out that their guy wants to get rid of it? Well, that's not going to bode well for Mr. Scott. Now, McConnell um, has tried to distance other congressional Republicans from the Rescue America plan. That's the one Scott released during the 2022 midterms. Especially its provision that says all federally legislated sunsets, all federal legislation sunsets in five years and should be passed by Congress again, if it's worth keeping. Which does nothing more than create chaos, which is the essence of the Republican platform, unofficially speaking, because officially speaking, they don't have a fucking platform. At an event in Florida on Friday, Scott unveiled a new legislation designed to demonstrate that he does not want to cut Medicare or Social Security if it is determined that any legislation will cause or cut or reduction in Medicare or Social Security. This rule will force two-thirds of Congress to vote to approve it, making it much more difficult for Congress to make cuts or reduce benefits, Scott said in a statement. See what he's doing there? He got his ass burned. So he's flipping on himself. Yeah, we're going to sunset Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid. And now he's putting something out that suggests that he's there to really strengthen Social Security and Medicare. Well, he's a Republican. He's a criminal in his own right. Remember he owned a big company which he was so proud of that was ended up being fined 2 billion dollars for defrauding Medicare. My question to Rick Scott is this, if you do away with Medicare, who do you have left to defraud for that kind of money? <laughs> The bill also includes at least one provision sure to be unpalatable for Democrats, a proposal to repeal the funding for additional IRS personnel that were funded in last year's reconciliation bill. Now, they're trying to shut that down. They won't. It may not pass the House, but even if it does, it won't pass the Senate. And I always find it weird that they want to limit IRS personnel. The only thing that it does is it puts less people on the trail of tax cheats, okay? And those tax cheats tend to be the wealthier. Now, if we were able to nail down some more tax cheats, that would mean more revenue for the country. Why wouldn't we want that? Unless your goal is to appeal to the rich people, so they kept put money, keep putting money in your pocket. Now, Biden's team on Thursday had distributed copies in Tampa of the Scott 2022 plan with their own commentary that entitlements would be on the chopping block. It echoed comments the president made to Republican jeers during the State of the Union speech on Tuesday. See, that's that's where Joe Biden wins easily. He's up there saying the Republicans want to do this with Social Security, do that with Medicare and Medicaid. And they're saying, no, we don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, here's a fucking pamphlet where Rick Scott specifically wrote that. So Joe Biden goes down to his backyard in Tampa, Tampa Bay and uh, gives a speech and then hands out the very pamphlet that Rick Scott fucking authored. It's clearly Rick Scott's plan. It is not the Republican plan. McConnell said in Thursday's interview with Terry Miners, a prominent radio host in the leader's hometown of Louisville, I think it will be a challenge for him to deal with this on his own re-election in Florida, a state with more elderly people than any other state in America, which is true. Um... The, uh, this isn't going to bode well for Rick Scott. He should be booted out of there anyway. Uh, there is some question whether he was involved, involved in the insurrection thing, and that may come out before any re-election he is presented with. So Rick's got some serious problems. And as much as the Republicans love owning the libtards, you got to admit, Joe Biden owned them fucking Republican fucks. <laughs> And I love that. I fucking love that. All right. We talked about this a little yesterday, and people are a little bit in an uproar about this. Former President Donald Trump has agreed to undergo DNA testing as part of his defense in an upcoming civil rape trial in New York federal court. But lawyers for his accusers say the offer is coming too late and is just another delay tactic. Oh, big surprise. Donald Trump. <laughs> is trying to delay things. Trump's sudden willingness to submit a DNA sample after discovering the case has ended, and after three years of denying the request was confirmed in court papers on Friday, it was first reported by the Daily Beast. Mr. Trump is indeed willing to provide DNA sample for the sole purpose of comparing it to the DNA found on the dress at issue. But the former president is also demanding that his accuser first turn over the genome it would be compared to. See, he's trying to create the um, impression that he's willing to do it. I'm totally innocent, so I'll give you my DNA, but first you got to give me this. You got to take into consideration there's not enough time to get it looked at and presented in court. He knows all this. This is all a delay tactic. What he's counting on is the. Um, the, the prosecutors saying, Well, we gotta check the DNA, so we're gonna have to put this off for a month or two. Unless the prosecutors or the lawyers for not really prosecutors, the the lawyers for Jean Carroll, unless they have enough evidence already and they don't need the DNA, <laughs> that would be perfect for this situation. Donald Trump trying to play this game and fucking lose again. Wouldn't be surprising. Now, his lawyer went on to say, Mr. Trump's DNA is either on the dress or it is not, said his accuser, should be willing to come forward with her own evidence, the filing argues. Why is plaintiff now hiding from this reality? See, it's all gaslighting, the filing asks, We surmise that the answer to the question is that she knows his DNA is not on the dress because the alleged sexual assault never occurred. Lawyers for Trump's accusers, E. Jean Carroll, vehemently opposed the last minute offer for a DNA swab in the response to Tacopina's letter on Friday. Tacopina is the lawyer. See, this is how they play the game. You can't have the DNA. You can't have the DNA. And at the last minute, when it's too late, and, and at best case, it would delay the, the trial. They say, well, why why doesn't she want it now? She's afraid. This is so typical of Republicans. They, they, they can't back off of anything. They just keep doubling down. And the most satisfying part of it is that they always fucking fail. Always fucking fail. Now, Carroll's lawyers first requested Trump's DNA in January of 2020. We're talking... Three years ago, to compare against skin particles found on the dress she said she was wearing during the alleged assault. But Trump resisted for years. Her lawyers now say he shouldn't be allowed to suddenly change his mind ahead of the trial. Because you just see it's a game. That's everything with Donald Trump. It's always a game. It's always a distraction, a diversion, or a delay tactic. I hope they have enough evidence just to fucking find him guilty in this case and expose him for the rapist he is and take as much money as they possibly can get from him. We'll see what happens with that. It is just a game. I presume the judge understands the game and probably won't allow them to do this. Anyhow, We're ready to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.